0: What's up guys, Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's tour championship. And it is something special, basically throwing everything out the window for the tour championship because it is a staggered start. Talked a lot about that in the DFS video. You can go and check that out. We'll obviously touch on it here as well and what it means because you can bet golfers to win the golf tournament either with or without the starting strokes, which is always a lot of fun. Additionally, we will get to one and done strategy at the end of the episode. Now, I will tell you this. If you want to join a one and done league that starts next week at the Safeway and runs through next year's tour championship, well, you are in luck because I've started the first ever run good one and done someone told me i should have called it the run and done yeah i should have i wish you would have tweeted that at me before i released everything that would have been pretty fun uh but it's the first one and done i've ever put together all the information can be found at rickrungood.com slash oad there will also be a link in the description if you go over to the dfs video you can enter a drawing uh to for have me reimburse your Entry fee, so that'll be fun. But go check that out, it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, and that will be the contest that we talk through each and every week in this video. So that's pretty cool, too. You'll probably see your name up on the uh screen a handful of times throughout the year. All right, let's talk about betting this week's tour championship. This is normally where I would show you the tournament predictor tool, however. With the staggered start, there's so much going on, I actually thought it would just be better if I showed you The Matrix. And The Matrix is something that I created... last year for the first staggered start, and I've rolled it back out again this year. If you want this, you can download this. It's on the rickrungood.com cheat sheet. There's a button at the top that says matrix. So click that. It'll download into your browser and you can mess around with this. But as I showed you in the DFS video, what you can do with this is you can go through and you can change the types of performances for each golfer and see what the outcome would be. So it uses all of the stats that we have available on these golfers, what their ceiling is, what their floor is, and um, you know how likely they are to make up the strokes over the course of four rounds. So the staggered start: Dustin Johnson will start at ten under par, John Rahm eight under, Justin Thomas seven under, for example. So you can bet who's going to win the tournament with the staggered start. Let's start there. So Dustin Johnson is a heavy favorite to win this golf tournament at plus 188, okay? 1.8 to 1 on your money. John Rahm is plus 275, Justin Thomas is 500, Webb Simpson is 900 and Bryson DeChambeau is 2200. So let's talk about those guys a bit individually here. Justin uh, Dustin Johnson, plus 188. Should he be plus 188? Probably not. Uh, if you look at the starting odds uh, without the strokes, both John Rom and Dustin Johnson are five and a half to one. So th- what this is saying is, you know, essentially the two shots to Vegas is pretty valuable because that turns uh, that really narrows the gap between, uh, or it doesn't narrow the gap; it widens the gap between Dustin Johnson and John Rahm to one eighty eight, two seventy five. On the plus side of the odds, so to me, that's a two-shot lead over four holes is not worth that. It's simply not. And if you look at the matrix here, what's actually most interesting about this is because how good John Rom is on a consistent basis. If every single player in the field plays to their average, John Rom would win the golf tournament. And I put that in quotes because, like, you know, he would he would gain about a quarter of a stroke more. Than Dustin Johnson would after he made up the two shots. Okay, so it would be close. It it might go to a playoff if everyone if everyone played to their averages, right? For example, but getting that at two seventy five over Dustin Johnson at one eighty eight is much more appealing. So if you made me bet between those two guys, um, I would take John Rahm here because I do not find I I, I think that the odds makers are overvaluing the two shot lead from Dustin Johnson. It's simply uh simply not as important as I think they think it is. Uh then next you get Justin Thomas at 520. Is Justin Thomas a good play? What has to happen for him to get into the lead here? Well, apparently not all that much. Now he hasn't played as well recently. Let's see if I can get him there. He hasn't played this well recently, but he obviously has a really high floor. Here we go. Justin Thomas would only need a 64th percentile Finish. Okay. That's something he's going to do fairly often. It's slightly above average. And then if everyone else plays to their average, Justin Thomas would win this golf tournament. Now that's not going to happen. You know, Dustin Johnson might play above average. John Rahm might play above his average, but it it's conceivable that Justin Thomas can get there and he's five to one. I don't love it. I like it. I'm starting to love Webb Simpson at nine to one. Uh, with the strokes being involved so what does Webb Simpson need to do to get to first place I'm, I'm just going through here okay so so Webb Simpson needs a 68th percentile performance so a slightly better than average performance while the rest of the field plays to their average what is interesting about Webb Simpson he actually has a higher floor or I'm sorry excuse me A higher ceiling than Justin Thomas. He has a higher ceiling than John Rump. He does not have a higher ceiling than Dustin Johnson. No one does. No one has a floor like Dustin Johnson either. So Webb Simpson, I actually think. um, So Webb is the only guy in this field who did not play last week, and I don't. It could not have gone better for him. Like it could not have gone better. He only lost one shot in the staggered start so he went into the bmw championship third in the fedex cup standings so he would have been uh seven under par if he stayed there justin thomas leapfrogs him so he starts at six under par It was conceivable, depending on what the outcome was, that Webb could have dropped three or four strokes at the Tour Championship. But because Dustin Johnson and John Rom, who I think maybe John Rom leapfrogged him actually, Uh, JT was already up there. John Rom leapfrogged him, but like because DJ also was already up there, those guys just extended their lead. It would have been much worse if like. Morikawa and Berger went to a playoff for Webb Simpson, because both of those guys would have jumped him. Um, So it, it actually ended up being a great thing for Webb to not only get the rest, but he basically lost the minimum number of strokes he could have lost for last week. And the way that he plays, I mean, he is a strokes gained maven this guy dominates fields okay it doesn't feel that way but he does so he does not need all that big of a performance to get to first here uh and at nine to one and only three guys ahead of him it's pretty juicy because you also have to consider how many guys you have to pass right i mean it's one thing for for Webb to jump three guys it's another for patrick reed to jump 12 or 13 or whatever he's going to have to jump so you have to take all of this into consideration but that nine to one number extremely juicy um okay web uh i talked about web simpson colin morikawa bryson de rory McElroy, they're all 22 to 1 but they're all at different starting scores colin morikawa is five under um does he possess a floor a ceiling high enough to get to this winning score and what would it take um it would take a pretty good one let's see 70 yeah basically he needs an 80th percentile performance now you're asking a lot um to put that into perspective you're asking him to gain what would that be like um 15 here let me see if i can do the math real quick you're asking him to gain Essentially, ten strokes on the field over four days. That is something he's done six times in his young career. Um, out of what is this thirty something? So I mean, it's it's possible, but it also assumes that all of the guys ahead of him—Webb Simpson, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Dustin Johnson—play at or below their average. So you're asking, you're basically flipping coins. Um, like four times here, right? So if you, you need DJ to play below his average, Rom to play below, JT to play below, Webb to play below, and then Morikawa to have a six out of 30 shot, you know, an 80th percentile, something like that. Uh, it's a lot that has to happen. It's a lot. His ceiling is is high, but it's not that high. Uh, the guy who at 22 to one, his ceiling is high enough to kind of make this happen um, it's Bryson. So I, I hate to, I'm, I've been tooting my own horn all week on this, but this, this matrix, um, last year I came on here and I said, uh, five under Rory McIlroy. I said, he is the guy furthest back that can win this golf tournament because you look at how far back he is, how many guys he, he has to pass, how high his ceiling is. He can do it. Uh, and he did. Now he proved me right. I, I got, I got lucky there. It was right. I'm going to try to double down on this. I believe that Bryson DeChambeau is the furthest back of guys that can come back in this. Uh, He possesses not only the upside to win the golf tournament, but he's also in an—he's not in a good position. It's an okay position based on his upside. So he is four under par. So he's going to be six shots off the lead. This is way. This is deeper than than Rory McIlroy was last year. Uh, But he would need what type of event would he need here? So if he gets his 80th percentile event, which is gaining 11 and a half-ish strokes on the field, let's see how often he has done something like that. Uh, a lot, actually. So 11 and a half, he's done it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He's done it 14 times. Uh, and a lot of them are this year. About a third or more of them are, are in 2020. So... When I look at that, I see a guy who not only has a, a high upside ceiling, but he's done it recently, and he's in—he's not in an advantageous position, but he's not dead. This is as far back as I think someone can win this. So that means that I think the only guys that can win this are Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, Colin Morikawa, and Bryson DeChambeau. That's it. Those are the only guys that I can conceivably um, see winning this golf tournament. Okay, and and the last two Morikawa and Bryson are twenty two to one. Um, if you want to talk about you know top five, top ten finishes, uh, those are kind of harder too for some of these guys to to make up because you're talking about you know uh, five under is is going to start as a, as a as a top five. So for someone in you know the minus twos to, to jump out of there, they're going to need to make up three shots and and then. Kind of proceed on that trajectory. Uh, I, I think I made it very clear in my DFS video. The guys that I think have legitimate upside um, to, to fly up this leaderboard are are Joaquin Neiman. Um, I think Mackenzie Hughes can fly up the leaderboard. Uh, th- those are guys that I think are the best cases to move up. Uh, what are they like? Top five? What is? Let's see what the math is here. Mac Hughes fifty to one to finish in the top five. That would be. It's asking a lot, quite frankly. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, twelve to one to finish in the top five. Not as not as bad. Um, I'd have to check their top ten numbers. But if you if you want to do this with no starting strokes, so this is where it gets really wonky. Because if you just put everybody on a, on a level playing field, the problem is the golfers don't know that right they're looking at the actual leaderboard trying to see how many shots back they are they might be taking more risks trying to jump up to the lead when they might already be in the lead of the uh of the of the no strokes version of this so it's really hard to kind of put yourself into the mindset of, of what's going to happen here. But just to kind of talk through what I think the, uh, what, what Vegas thinks of these guys, if they're all on a level playing field, DJ and John Rahm, I mentioned both five and a half to one, Justin Thomas, seven and a half to one Rory and Xander and Webb are 10 to one Webb is hold on. So he's 10 to one with no strokes and nine to one with the strokes. I guess you'd take the strokes then, because he's there's only three guys ahead of him. He's four back, or otherwise everybody starts at a level playing field, right? Am I it's been a long day. Am I understanding that correctly? So he's nine to one with strokes, ten to one without. I guess we just take the strokes. Um <clears throat> Bryson is twelve to one. That's kind of long. I'm trying to see if there's anybody who can win like the no stroke version of this. You know, Rory last year wins them both. Uh, he just goes out and snaps off both of them um not sure who would be i mean so here's where i'd love to deploy like joaquin neiman top five uh without strokes oh i was reading the wrong thing i'm sorry guys oh no no i wasn't i was right sorry 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 i was right um joaquin neiman top five without strokes that's interesting now six to one uh matt hughes 14 to one because there is something about some of these guys know they got to move up, right? They're going to be freewheeling it all week. Um, will they fall short? Probably. But top five without strokes is pretty interesting for those guys there. Even like Kevin Kisner, five and a half to one. That's pretty interesting. So it, it's really weird. It's really wonky. This this uh, matrix really helps me understand what the actual range of outcomes are for this week. And then trying to find bets that are according. So where I'm going. Uh, so with strokes, I will probably bet John Rahm because I just think that's a good value. Uh, I will probably bet Webb, and I will probably throw a bone on Bryson at 22 to one because I, I, I don't think I can bet anybody else. Cause I don't think anybody else can win it. I think, I think that's burning money for the rest of those guys. Uh, but those are the three that I like the most out of like the five or six that I think can conceivably win this golf tournament. Um, Okay, let's talk about one and done uh, real quick here. So you're looking at the one and done page on rickrungood.com, all of the rules, all of the sign-up, your deadline, which is Friday the 4th at 10 p.m. Eastern. To sign up is on here. I've got a video that you can go check out with all of the rules, and you can join the league. It should be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. So next week... And, and the weeks after that, you're going to see a whole bunch of new dashboards and things like that, because I'm going to be creating all of the tools for the one and done to know your standings, to know who has been picked by every single person. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm super stoked to get into it. Biggest thing about one and done this week, uh, know your rules, homies. Are you playing for bonuses? Are you playing for a percentage of your bonus? Are you using strokes? Are you not using strokes? This should all... Be laid out in the rules of your one and done league. Pretty simple. Uh, If you're playing for bonuses, wow, that is big. If someone is going to get $15 million uh, or 15 million points, it's going to change the entire outlook and uh, complex of your, or complexion, excuse me, of your one and done standings. Uh, If that's the case, and if you're using the leaderboard uh, and you have. DJ or John Rom, uh, go for it. There's really no option here. You got to kind of sell out. Um, I, I think at this point in the week, you <laughs> you know the guys I like. There's only 30 of them. Like there's a chance you're using Billy Horschel this week because you've used everybody else. Um, there's there is a. I, I actually was in a one and done, or I, I guess I'm still in a one and done, where I was hoping to be able to use. Uh, Sung I was hoping Sung Jay was going to just hold on to a pretty good spot in the standings. His game was going to start to come around. I think he's starting at four under. It, I don't think I can even use him if I want to. I mean, I just I just don't know what, what I expect out of him. So unfortunately, that kind of backfired on me. Uh, but there are a couple guys that kind of snuck into this that might be able to make a little bit of noise. Um, I'm trying to think about where their starting position would be. Let me pull up the strokes real quick. Yeah, so like low key, if you were super desperate, um, Sebastian Munoz is starting at three under. He is so annoying to watch, uh, but he's starting in the middle of the pack, and he's actually been pretty good recently. So if you were super desperate and needed to go with someone who you just you just got to get some money out of, maybe he finishes eleventh, maybe he finishes tenth. I think Sebastian Munoz might be that guy. I do think neiman can fly i think lonto can fly up i think matt hughes can fly up now can what, what's a good outcome for matt hughes well um let's think about this chez Revi uh last year uh who basically won everybody all the money on on draft so he flew everybody up the leaderboard i think he started at one under and finished eighth um matt hughes is going to start at even can he fit, if he finished 8th, that'd be great. If he finished 11th, that'd also be awesome. So, uh, you know, you got to consider what a good outcome for some of these guys are. Um, Terrell Hatton, further down the board, I think is pretty interesting. You're, you're just kind of at the point... You, you shouldn't have much of a decision to make this week because you should have been planning for this week, right? Like, you should have known who was... Uh, a, who was available to you, who was going to be making it to Eastlake, what your strategy was, if you've been chasing, if you've been uh, front-running for a couple of weeks, you should have had a general idea of who you're going to play. So I don't know if this is your finale. It's it's going to be the finale for uh, essentially this video because next week we're going to talk about Safeway Open 1-and-Done as if it is a brand-new season because we're going to be starting our 1-and-Done season next week. So I don't think I have anything too insightful to say about a 1-and-Done this week that we've been talking about for, you know, however many months. Um, and and this is kind of the, the natural ending point of, of this season and next season, we're going to have a blank slate and we're going to have everybody possible to use. So, um, yeah, I don't want to waste any more oxygen or waste any more of your time. Uh, if i don't have anything insightful to say so uh, join the rick run good one and done rick dot slash oad it'll be a big feature next week on the show and every week moving forward you will have a dashboard and everything uh let me know what you think about this week are you betting with the strokes are you betting without the strokes do you care at all all that good stuff at rick run good or leave a comment below talk to you guys later good luck